Welcome to the Dead Lights Pod. I'm your host, Sam. And I am Leslie, bringing you your weekly dose of horror. Doing it. Boo! Doing it. We are here. And um, we seem to keep finding new theme songs to accompany yeah. this. We, we're, we're singers now. We're singers now. We're singers. Do you not get Pop that star? by now? No. I mean... Uh, we're idols. No, I'm just kidding. Don't. Oh, Dead light Ew. idols. Ew. Yeah. Gross. That's not a gross. Mommy. <laughs> <laughs> that is how you're going to put that in there? That's how the segue is. Okay. That's how. Mommy. Well, so why did you say mommy? <laughs> because the movie that we just watched. Poltergeist. There's a lot of mommies in the wall. Yes. Polter- Poltergeist. Aww. So cute. Sorry, Caroline. But yes, we watched Poltergeist from 1982, directed by Toby Hooper, written by Steven Spielberg, Michael Gross, and Mark Victor. A family's home is haunted by a host of demonic ghosts. A classic. Truly. I would say that this is, you know, in the somewhat mainstream horror films. And glad we pulled it, though, because it's kind of fun to review these, quote unquote, classic horror films. It it reminds you why they are what they are. Very true. There were so many things where I was like, oh, that's why Insidious did this or that's why The Conjuring did that. Like it was all practical effects, too. It's Mm -hmm. just so cool to see. Mm -hmm. Well, not all of them. There are definitely some CGI, early CGI. Very um, early. It still has that, you know, I liked that. I like that kind of like nostalgic, almost cartoonish kind of look about it. Yeah. Um, Very uh, Ghostbusters as well. mm -hmm. Well, we're already talking about it. Let's jump into the can. Open that up. Let's talk about the can. And it's interesting because Toby Hooper directed it and we've, Reviewed a Toby Hooper movie on this podcast before. We the, have. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh. That was our live show. Wow. Yeah. Well, I can see that now. So he was yeah. the director. And then we also have um, Steven Spielberg, mm-hmm. who is the writer and also the producer. And, I mean, you can see heavy Steven Spielberg influence in there as well. Very E.T.-esque. The yes. music, the lighting, the this center around a family uh, in suburban life, you can see kind of both of their styles coming together. And then we see the gore and the monsters coming from that Toby Hooper side. I truly enjoy Steven Spielberg's perspective of children. Um, he gives them an emotional emotional range that I don't think a lot of people were focusing on. They're like, oh, they're children, whatever. Let's toss them to the side. But no, they have their own emotional arc. If I got killed, what if I'm an accident ghost and get stuck in the house like my sister? Your sister isn't dead, Robbie. If I got killed, could I visit her and show her how to get back here? I really enjoy that, the script writing of that because it's also emotional. Yeah. He 
trusts, first of all, these kid actors to be able to deliver an emotional arc like you're talking about. And they do. They do. And also that makes them like real people, yeah. which they are. They would be they're going. They're human beings. Yeah, they're they're going through their own experience along with the adults that they themselves too are trying to navigate this insane situation that they're in. And I think that you're right. The script does a great job of guiding us through everyone's emotional mm-hmm. arc. When you make something so like the spirits, the ghosts, um, so whimsical, it makes it really, (laughs) really Disney. Very like I was thinking of um, what is it called? Fantasia. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Of just kind of like. And then you see someone digging into their skin and piles of meat and flesh are landing in the sink. Great effect. Great effect. Oh. And that comes. That's insane. Like coming out of this like E.T.-esque moment of just like, oh, the strings, Steven Spielberg, niceness. And then we have a man tearing into his flesh (laughs) like, whoa. It makes that moment even better. Oh, my gosh. It does. Because, like, uh, we hadn't experienced that Mm -hmm. yet. Mm -hmm. We were literally just going with the, oh, look at that chair fucking moved across the room. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. It's fun. (laughs) Beautiful. Oh, look at this fun game I discovered. Yeah. And then their child is gone. Mm. And then we have meat just, like, falling out of meat. And then maggots. I hate maggots, Sam. Oof, yes, you said I that before. I hate them so much. <laughs> they sell this so well. And the effects, it still holds up in a way. You know, it all just the all effects. works together very, very well. And um, I, I noticed, as it, kind of going back to the cinematography of it, I mm-hmm. noticed as the film went on, we're starting off in this very like idyllic suburb very bright happy times everybody knows each other light everywhere it's mostly during the day too but as the film goes on we're the story spending more and more time at night and we're getting a lot more shadows on people's face people are backlit too so they're kind of silhouetted and the film just slowly without you realizing it goes Mm -hmm. into a darker and darker place now let's go get your daughter. I want to get your opinion uh-huh. about the acting in this movie since we're in the can still. Yeah, um, the acting I think works really well for this movie because um, the parents are supposed to symbolize that idealistic um, family dynamic that we implemented back in the 1950s mm-hmm. um and but like they're also cool and modern they like smoke weed and they know their child is going out and like you know sleeping because they're a child well not a child they're, they're 16, 16 years yeah. old they're coming to and the they're, mom knows that she can't stop her so might as well just yeah. let her go 
And so, like, they have this, like, cool style of parenting. And then they love each other. Like, the husband and the wife love each other. And they love their children. And um, they're working at it. They got pregnant so young. And they're at a place where, like, they feel like they were able to get to. They're like, look at us. Look at us go. Yeah. And, again, that does, they do, you know, through the acting, really feel naturally like a family. Yes. And then the script allows them to kind of have full characters. Each of them has their own thing, has their own fears, has their own, you know, pasts. And they s- put it in there extremely naturally. There's, n- I never really felt like there was any expository writing going on or anything that was being really heavily handed put in our face about their past or what's going on. But these people felt real. You know, they felt like a real family that, yeah, you're right, has been working at this for a really long time. What I really enjoyed is that usually... You don't get a lot of this kind of um, the husband absolutely allowing, you know, the wife to have a place and recognize that she is doing work just because she is a house mom. She is doing work. Mm -hmm. Um, And he never talks to her badly. He never tells her she's crazy. He like uh, sees what's going on and also is there with her to be in the reality that their child got swallowed up by the closet. Their child's missing. <laughs> their child is missing. Yeah. And they're working at it together and they can recognize that one of them is absolutely losing it, which is the dad. Mm-hmm. Not the mom. Mm-mm. The mom is staying strong. We've been trying to hold ourselves together as a family. Of course, no one's been sleeping much. Stephen has missed so much work, but he's been wonderful. Um, By the end of the movie, I realized that she was the main character. The wife, uh, Diane, yeah, Diane, was the main character mm-hmm. because everything surrounded her. Every, the The success of them finding Carol Ann again, and then at the end, the poltergeist makes one last effort. She's the one that then has mm-hmm. to go in and save the children. The success of everyone getting out of that situation goes back to Diane. Yeah. She is the rock, the hero. Well, let's get into the meat of it. Let's do it. Um, what and where are they? Oh, there was meat. There was, there was so meat much meat because of the clip. Sorry about that. Because <laughs> um, really, there is a lot of. You know, when we start digging into it, there is a lot of meat going on um, in this movie. I mean, they really do have... I think if there is one thing that's pretty heavily handed in this movie, it is this idea of, like, building on top of graves and then the dead coming back. And, you know, that goes back to reaping what you sow. You know, the things that you do coming back and haunting you. How much room for pool is there? We own all the land. We've already made arrangements for relocating the cemetery. It's not ancient tribal burial ground. It's just people. Besides, we've done it before. 
But the thing about horror movies, they didn't realize they were in a horror movie. And <laughs> we did. So we're like, oh, that's a surefire way for the wow. dead to come back and haunt you. And they definitely did. They were they were absolutely flying towards um, the family at oh, the end. Oh, yeah. By the end, they were just coming out of, like, literal graves and just... Um, also, mm. one thing that I realized is that... I mean, there is this um, sense of individuality that the mom had mm -hmm. throughout the whole film. Oh. Oh, shit. Tweety, couldn't you have waited for school day? That was rather fucking We rad. definitely need to talk about her character because she revealed some things about herself that, you know, definitely made her feel like more of a real fleshed out character. You know, once I slept walked four blocks and I, I fell asleep in the back of this guy's car. Oh God, I woke up, I started screaming. People came running from everywhere. They called the cops. The cops came, they took this poor dude downtown. My father, <laughs> Ed. Mm -hmm. He, Big Ed has me examined for like bruises and hickeys, you know, you name it. Oh God, I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> they delivered that moment very slyly. I feel like if, you know, we weren't paying that close of attention, we could just miss that. Mm -hmm. But because they were saying it while they were joking and while they were high. Yeah. So while while the husband had already done a push up on the bed and then he like got up and started kind of doing some martial art kind of movements. Jackknife into the swan. <laughs> Twist, turn, and splash. They already experienced that. They don't have to talk about it. But the way that they reveal the information is how people kind of talk about things without really talking about them. So it makes her more of a real character and uh, gives her a little more weight of a character. It also shows how supportive he is because mm -hmm. if they've been together that long, he's been by her side that long through, you know, two, more, two more kids too. Um, 15 years at least. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and they seem, like you said, to be happy and in a good place. Um, and I feel like that's typically, especially in horror movies, when this shit starts to come up when yeah. this trauma starts to come back and and you gotta deal with it son of a bitch you moved the cemetery but you left the bodies didn't you the son of a bitch you left the bodies and you only moved the headstones you only moved the headstones but yeah like we mentioned also that like insidious kind of came about and the way that they themselves were I think yeah, even down to the parents. Yeah, like, it was it was very similar. There was a lot of parallels that I saw between this and Insidious, and even the shots. Some of the shots were like of the exterior of the house that they were in. These like sweeping shots, exactly the same shots that you can see in Insidious. The only thing that I think that Insidious does do that this but the poltergeist doesn't do is there is that moment of the husband denying it. There is Patrick Wilson does for a little bit, not accept 
what's going on. You're not here with me in this situation. You're just avoiding it. All right, stop saying that, okay? I don't avoid stressful situations. I'm just dealing with them my own fucking way. Last thing I wanted to, to mention in the meat was this TV motif that we keep going back to as well. There's so many TVs in this film, and that's actually the mode of transport for this demonic ghost to mm-hmm. come into the house. And so I thought that that was an interesting choice um, because, you know, we're talking about this idyllic suburb, but what are the ways that evil can still get inside of our house houses through television? All right, let's um, let's get to the cook. Yeah, let's get to the cook. Let's, let's go on into the cook. Um, what I really like about the cook of this movie is that it pretty much is like starts right away. Yeah, like that scene of Carol Ann first contacting the TV people. Yeah, that's the first scene. What do you look like? And then the the strangeness just kind of starts ramping up from there. And it really doesn't let up, which I think that it, it I think that that's great. I think that that keeps the movie really driving and mm-hmm. really just moving forward. Like every day and every night there was something weirder that was going on. Yeah, it didn't take its time. No. It wanted to to swallow up the house. What I like about it is that most of the things that are scary are things that go back to what people are scared of. Oh, like the they, clown? The clown, the tree, even at the, the end... The, the storm. The storm, even at the end when Diane is attacked in her bed and it seems like this ghost is trying to rape her, that goes back to this old, old trauma that she has. Trauma. Feels like it's getting inside of your head rather than just, like, a person that's trying to attack you. It's trying to, like, torture you mentally. Oh, yeah. And you're right. So do you think that that, going back to the rearranging of the furniture, do you think that that was also kind of a disarming thing? Like, to, like, be like, oh, because then the scene after that is her, like, moving the chair, and she's like, woo! Yeah, she's like, oh, my God. And then she even has, like, Carol Ann, like, moved to. (gasps) What if that was... Was that when she sacrificed her daughter? I mean, the spirit didn't seem to mind moving Carol Ann across the True. the floor. She was like, "Oh my god!" And she had been doing that with Caroline, or no, what's her Carol name? Carol Ann. Car- Carol Ann. Carol. Carol Dash Ann. Carol Ann. Carol Ann. Um, because she was she had the the helmet on. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it was all like fun and games then. But then when the switch happened, like it was a big switch because the switch happened when the tree broke through the child's window and And literally grabbed grabbed him. him. And I was like, whoa, we're taking a hard left turn. Absolutely. This is not not E.T. anymore. (laughs) E.T. go home. (laughs) E.T. gone home. I kind of in the cook wanted to talk about the... I didn't. I didn't get her name. The teenage daughter, the first, the oldest daughter. 
I don't know. She was barely there. She's barely. That was kind of the thing that I wanted to mention is at a certain point, the movie kind of felt like they forgot about her. Mm-hmm. Like, because all this shit's ramping up and they like slightly mention that she's been like staying with friends a lot. But then they send the son to go to the grandparents in the cab and the dog. They send the dog too. He fucking throws the his suitcase in the car like a fucking grown ass man. Yeah. Um, I and then she's I'm, not there though. No, she's not there. The teenage daughter isn't there. So like, she's with friends. Friends. With her boyfriend. Or someone, yeah. But then like, yeah, so it kind of just feels like the movie like forgot about that character and then right at the end literally her boyfriend drops her off because they're like oh yeah we got to get her back into this care into this movie and back with the family i i just feel like they actually wrote a teenager's life so you better get brian to bring you home right after dinner because dad wants us to stay at the holiday inn on i-74 oh yeah i remember this you what? Yeah. She she was just gone. She's out there partying. Do you think it was trying to mirror Diane? Probably. Probably. I think also she just didn't want to put rules on her because she's like, she's going to break them. I did. Mm-hmm. You know, she probably came from a very strict family and she rebelled. And so she's like, meh, might as well just. I know where she's at, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and she always comes home, you know. Yeah, with a fucking hickey on her on her, her neck, but... How many dudes were in that car, too? There's, there's like th- three of them. Right? Dang. Wait, she doesn't have to be dating all of them. That's fair. She's dating what? And she... then the two are best friends. Okay. That probably are they with the... watch? Blah. <gasps> Okay, my question to you is, what the hell is that? Is that ectoplasm? Like, is that supposed to be, like, the slime from, like, Ghostbusters? It kind of seemed like that. Yeah, I think that was just... That's the world that ghosts live in. It's just very goopy and very ectoplasmy. It's so gross. Makes sense why they want to get out. Oh, yeah, you're just, like, swimming in uh, jello. Yeah. The whole time. Well, how about we get to the thrill? Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about these Let's... ghosts. These, as described in the log line, demonic ghosts. And we demonic asked, are they demons ghosts. or are they ghosts? And I guess they're both. Yeah, I guess they're both. There's ghosts that are in this in between where the demons live, I guess. Mm-hmm. Hell. Hell. Some people would call that hell. The in-between. The in-between? Yeah, some... Some sort of like parallel dimension that we can't see, but maybe kids are hearing it. Hearing They're it. They're hearing it because they have more it. frequencies. More frequencies, <laughs> more taste buds. And more taste buds. Yep. More eyesights. Um, but yeah, and they also do explain <clears throat> that it's a poltergeist. Ah, uh, they said it. They said it. Poltergeist are usually associated with an individual. Hauntings seem to be connected. With an area. Yeah, so this thing is some sort of evil that is coming after our children. 
And uh, like we already talked about a little bit, what's cool about it and what is very Pennywise-esque is that it preys off of our fears. Our fears. Deep down fears. Goddamn. And would I lose my sanity? I would. Would you be would you be the Steve? He kind of just drinks it away. Look. I would like to know that I am strong, but to go through all of that that's a lie. We see what I don't happen- blame anybody for losing it. Diane ends up like with like aged because yeah. of it. Literally she has gray hair. Are you going to do anything uh, about this? About what? Your new gray? Oh. You don't like it? You don't think it's kind of punk? God damn. She looks great for 31. Yeah. Yeah. Killing it. Diane's killing it. Killing And she made it through. She did. She did. Despite she did overcome that trauma and win the kids. Win the kids. She won the kids. Um, Yeah. So spookiness to me. All of that. Um, And then... You add practical effects, you add the skeletons, you add light, and then it didn't care about it's looking nice anymore. So it literally opened up a the the tunnel. The tunnel of goop. The goopy tunnel. The goopy tunnel. That it wanted to suck everyone into. And boy did they. And boy did they. they that did. is for sure. Yep. And then also that dog. That dog had a part. Going back to so sorry. That's true. The the meat. I don't I didn't catch the dog's name. Good good boy. Good boy. The good boy. The good boy. So yes, cute. He was very cute. It did this thing where it like got on its hind legs. <laughs> sit, <laughs> sit pretty. Sit pretty. No. Yeah. All right, well, let's get to the ride. <laughs> Wee! No. I thought I had fun. I had fun. I was. I, I had a very good time. I had a better time. No, I'm just oh. kidding. <laughs> no, I had a better time. Uh, no, I like this movie. Me too. God damn. Me too. Me yeah. too. Like I said before, w- the first scene, we're getting paranormal things going on. Mm-hmm. And then from there, it just keeps ramping, ramping, ramping up. And it was very enjoyable, very engaging, and pretty meaty. Meatier than pretty I thought meaty. it was going to be. I forgot... About the skeletons popping up and throwing themselves mm-hmm. <laughs> at the family. That was um, pretty dope. That totally was... forgot about that. Yeah. I forgot about the skeleton that kind of seals the door at the end. Wow. It was fun. Yeah. It was fun. And then, I mean, it didn't end like I would say a typical Spielbergian movie would end where it's like, Happy ending. We all made it out. Super cool. It really ended. I mean, they made it out, but very much like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. What trauma now is all these people going to have from this event? Yes. Like, because they are all fucking tired and drained from what they just went through. None of them are going to be okay. They're all going to have to process what just happened. They are already traumatize yeah um because the dad took the tv out of the room thanks toby what's next for them what's next for poltergeist too see you there (laughs) (laughs) that is true trauma continues (laughs) yikes did they build another house on top of a grave 
I wouldn't be surprised. It seems like very much them. That's their... That, yeah, that developer, that real estate developer, seems like he's coming back. Ah, wasn't that bad. It's like bulldoze the house for us. Just and then like we we lot. get revealed in the middle that like um, that's his company, and they're like, oh, we can't live in a fucking house. What if they? Re- what if it real reveals that the um, Holiday Inn is built on a cemetery? Oh my god, that'd be fun. Or they stop living in houses. And they start sleeping in RVs, and then they take their RV to like our, the RV camping sites. Oh no! And then the camp the campsite is on a grave. I've never seen Poltergeist two, so all these things could be possible. We take it to the forest. Take it to the forest. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, wow. Uh, Poltergeist. Poltergeist. 1982. Thank you very much, Poltergeist. Uh, let's get to these Smash Pumpkins. They're here. <laughs> They're here. Do you have a number? Yes. Okay. Okay. I Leslie. think this is my first or second five. Five. I think it's my it. second. There it is. Um, five out of five. My goodness. I enjoy this movie for all the reasons we talked about. Um, but overall, I think it's a really great story, um, and in the practical effects, why, how can you not like them? Mm-hmm. How can you not? Mm-hmm. And I like this, um, story of the dead kind of, you know, seeking revenge and then there being a supernatural aspect. I mean, I did ask for one. Remember? You asked for it. I asked for it. I wanted I wanted something in the supernaturalness and we pulled Poltergeist. Beautiful. One of the most classic Amazing. ones. Yeah. Now let's see if we can pull Insidious. Whoa, she put it out there. And Woo! I think that Poltergeist we already said it, it's a classic and it remains a classic for a reason. Not only within the horror genre, but within film in general. I think it does stand out still. It's it's great. And so it transcends the genre and the story itself, I think, just transcends and is relatable for so many people. And so that's the reason that it's, you know, really stuck around, which is really commendable. The Toby Hooper and Steven Spielberg and all these filmmakers were able to make a story and make a film that can transcend so many people people and lines and all this kind of stuff so great and still give us a scary movie a scary movie and a cult classic yep and um you know 40 years later it still delivers 40 40 41 years later years later it still delivers yeah and you know when we really start digging into it and really start talking about these themes and these characters and the script it all really feels fleshed out um, and it's it's hard to fault it. It's hard to fault it. Hard to fault it. So I'll jump on the five train. Yeah! Woo! Double five. Double five. You did it, Poltergeist. You delivered hard. It, and <laughs> it's one of those movies that in the past I've heard of it being so great. And I just like didn't take the time to see it. And then, but like, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad I fucking did. It's, I can see how, and all these other, um, 
horror directors and writers um, have gotten elements from it. That was the other thing that I forgot to mention of like, we saw so many motifs that are repeated after that. And that, again, goes back to its influence on the genre and on filmmaking. Yep. Boom, poltergeist. That's why good. It's a five five. This house is clean. Hey, well, let's see what we uh, got for next yeah, week. Yeah, let's do it. I think you get to pull. All right, so you said Insidious. I want Insidious. Now, it is through my hand, so we'll see if you can I manifest it. All right. Oops. Wait, are you serious? Shut the fuck up. Are you serious? We just fucking, (laughs) Leslie just fucking called that. A family looks to prevent evil spirits from trapping their comatose child in a realm called the Further. From 2010. Insidious. Everyone, everyone can witness it. We just pulled what Leslie asked for. Woo! What the fuck? Through my hand. Through my <laughs> I'm having like a panic attack. <laughs> wow. My hands are shaking. Thank what you, whore. Fuck. <laughs> I pulled what it nice. I pulled it and I didn't see, I did not see anything except the first two words, no, which were a family. And I, well, yeah, no, after I pulled it, I then opened it up and the first thing I saw was a family. I was like, okay. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Oh my God. I am shaking. <laughs> oh my God. Um, oh, uh, you can follow me on Instagram. <laughs> Color me Leslie. And me at BP Pritchy T and us at the Deadlights Pod. <laughs> also follow, follow Pig on social, which is the studio <laughs> that we're recording this from. We'll see you next week yeah, for Insidious. We'll, um, <laughs> spooky. What the hell's going on in here? What the-